2: Welcome to Season 2 of Unsigned and Independent Uh, We have another episode and another season of this And Kevin, kind of restate your goal for why you started the show So the goal was when I first came to Nashville I saw
1: all these bands, artists that I thought were really good And I didn't understand why I've never heard of this person or this group And I wanted to get them on to talk about, you know, the late nights on Broadway and playing late, getting up early and just the whole grind of the industry without the backing of a label or
2: um, a record company or a management team or which all the things I hope to get right. And what would be cool is to see some of these, some of these folks develop into signed and not independent. Exactly. Because when we started the BobbyCast a long time ago, that was a deal. We had a lot of artists on and songwriters that later became stars. I mean, I think about Ryan Hurd, who was just a songwriter. We talked to him All right. New guy heard, you know, he would talk about how hard it was to write songs, get a publishing deal. But this is what you're doing even a step farther back. It's like a prequel. Yeah. The early Bobby cast. And so who'd you talk with this time? This is Tara
1: Pfister. Why Tara? Because I met her through somebody I had on the first season last year. Actually, his name is Graham. And he kind of told me about her, introduced me to her, came across her stuff. And she had this presence about her, has this presence about her she's got bright hair bright clothes tattoos she's got this presence on stage where you're just like i need to know more about this girl
2: she good live yeah she's great so you talk with her she's from st louis she's been here for 10 years or so does she have the frustration of hey why hasn't this happened for me yet no she has such a good
1: outlook on you know i'm gonna do what i need to do and everything else will kind of take care of itself she's had her frustrated days or her weeks you know taking care of everything funding everything managing everything
2: but overall, she's got a good outlook on the bigger picture. Not good for her, because I don't. All right, here we go. Unsigned and Independent with Kevin O'Connell, a.k.a. Kickoff Kevin. Here is Tara Pfister here on the BobbyCast in a special edition. By the way, is this a new season? Yes. Oh, did music to my ears. <laughs> season 2, episode 1 of Unsigned and Independent.
1: Hey, Tara, good to see you. Good to have you in here. How long has it been since you moved to Nashville?
3: It'll be 10 years this July, I believe.
1: Wow. Yeah. So going July
3: on... 4th, I moved down. Okay. I like literally pulled into town as the fireworks are going off. Really? Yeah. So it's a little,
1: it's a cute little story. That's awesome. I saw the fireworks show here a couple of years ago and it's probably the best I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. As long as the smoke doesn't blur it out, right? Yeah. yeah, That
1: is true. <laughs> that is true. What was your mindset coming in from St. Louis to Nashville? Were you like, oh my gosh, I want to be all over the radio. I want to, you know, sign with this person or this label and do this and this? Or was it kind of just a, uh, freelancing, let's see what happens. Let's move and just chase a dream here.
3: Yeah, well, I had um, I had just turned 21. I worked at a Ford dealership. Okay. And I was coming to Nashville about once a month just to do a writer's round and try to create some type of circle or community or just, you know, get my feet wet. And um, one night after a writer's round, I was hanging out with a group of friends and we were going to the Preds game. So we were standing in Rippies and just standing there, you know, taking in the scene. And a guy on stage, whose name was Greg Humphrey, he just pointed me out in the crowd and he was like you're a singer and at that time i'd had enough beverages where i was like hell yeah i'm a singer (laughs) and um, he got me on stage and i sang a couple songs and he threw the tip jug at me and he was like if you can come back with this tip jug full i'll have a job for you i was like deal so i ran the tip jar and i came back and i gave him my card and he called me two weeks later I, i went to the game, went back to St. Louis, you know, went about my life. And, um, he called me about two weeks later and he was like, what are you doing for CMA Fest? And I was like, whatever you tell me I'm doing. So he's like, well, why don't you come down? You can play with my band, blah, blah, blah. So I came down two weeks later, played with his band, went back home. And then he called me again about two weeks later and said, if you want to move, you have a job. Wow. So I packed up everything, which was like a bag of shoes, a bag of clothes, my guitar, a microphone and my car. And, um, moved like a week later and slept on one of my girlfriend's couches for a couple weeks and then segued into somebody's apartment that the roommate situation didn't work out and then into a house and here I am 10 years later.
1: Do you like the idea that it was just so sudden and like you had to make a decision right then and there almost as if you didn't have to maybe build up to it and think about it too much or just like, you know what, why not? Let's do it.
3: Well, to be, if I was being honest with myself, I would say that I always knew Even when I was itty bitty, like when people would ask me when I was little, you know, what do you want to do? I would always answer like, I want to be the girl in music videos. And, um, I meant the singer, like, you know, the, not the main character, but me watching like Reba on the TV or whatever. I want to be the girl in music videos. And uh, so I think there was no really thinking having to be done. I've always known in my core that no matter what I was doing, it would be. Revolved around music. What surprises me the most about it is my parents just looked at me and they're like, "Okay, see you later." I was that part when I think about it. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I was so naive. I had never lived out of my house. I had never paid bills. Like even when I was in college, I was going to a university right down the road, so I lived with my parents. Like I, there was never any. I just looked at my parents. I was like, "I'm going to move to Nashville." My mom was like, "Great." We'll see you later. was really? <laughs>
1: like, oh, okay, bye. Were you, did you think she might ha- be a little reluctant to it, either of your parents? Like, oh, I don't know if this is such a good idea. You don't know if you're going to really make it? Or were, are they no, always been that supportive? they've
3: always been really supportive. I was, I'd was. I'd I. like to think that I was always pretty straightforward with them, too. I wasn't a big <laughs> head. Like, I wasn't a, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't sneaking out and lying and doing whatever. So, and they've known, you know, I, my first job was working at a music store. And I started taking piano lessons when I was itty-bitty. And took every lesson you can think of from there on out, and it just—I think it was a very natural segue into where I am at now.
1: Was music always a big thing for you?
3: Yes, it's um, a little bit of everything. So I have a—my dad is one of six, and all of his—all of his sisters. He's there's three boys and three girls. All of them sing. My grandma plays killer piano. Um, I just have vivid memories of show tunes when dinner was over and washing dishes, and all of my aunts would split into harmonies and sing. Oklahoma or carousel or whatever was in their mind that day, um, so kind of started there. And I just, my mom always joked about that I kind of came out singing. Um, <laughs> my brother was in theater. My sister was a big rockhead. My dad loved the Rat Pack. My mom was into country. So, and I was the youngest, so I was just kind of a little, a little melting pot.
1: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so youngest of just a brother and a sister. Correct. Okay, so youngest of three. Are you the only? Artist in the oh, I guess you guys all have some musical talent involved. My
3: brother does, so okay. it's my sister Lee, my brother Stephen, and myself. And um, Stephen is a theater kid, so he did it, you know, as an adult as well. Um, and he's phenomenal. He's one of those guys that like they always told him that his biggest challenge in life would be deciding if he wants to build and paint the stage or be on it. Wow. Yeah, he can do anything.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So you're not the most talented in the family, or are you? Equally talented, I'd like to say. Equally talented.
3: Different tastes. It's like apples and oranges. You know, we're we're still the same things.
1: You mentioned Reba. You'd watch her on TV growing up. Who are some of your other idols or musicians, bands that you looked up to and maybe still look up to?
3: Well, when I was little, it's interesting. I was kind of forced sounds- Harsh, but it wasn't harsh. I just, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. <laughs> so really the only thing I could watch was CMT that had music involved, you know? So, um, leigh Womack was huge for me. Okay. leanne Womack was kind of my, like, my lady. She's still my lady crush. But at this point in my life, I think someone who has a huge influence over me. I love the Foo Fighters. I love Billy Joel. Um, Those two are kind of my main, like... And honestly, I'm I'm a pretty huge John Mayer fan, and I know people can talk all sorts of smack, but I really do enjoy his guitar playing. Like I just love his tone. Anything he does, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm there, I'm right there with you. He has an album that kind of changed the way that I started playing, that I started singing. um, Just listening to him, the search for everything, and had to still feel like a man. I love that whole album, so.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I've never seen him. I would love to see him. He's fantastic. I mean, he like, really is.
3: My friend Garrett and I went, Garrett Thorn, he's a fellow artist as well, um, Wisconsin guy, but we made the agreement going in. I was like, neither of us is going to talk, like, at all. And he was like, I agree. So we literally just went in there and like stood next to each other and just like consumed the entire show in silence. It was great. And soaked
1: it all in. <laughs> and soaked it all in, yeah. That's a great idea. I don't think I've ever even thought about doing something like that, but it's almost like one of those... You're like, you know what? I'm going to live in the moment yeah. right now, right here. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't yeah. even want to do it. I just want to act like I'm sitting in my car listening to him by myself or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, well, and I, I've i learned that the the older I get and the more I can kind of like sit and reflect on myself and who I am and how I've grown. I've noticed that I just, I really cannot concentrate if there's music in the room. Like if there's music going on, if it's if even if it's a bar downtown and people are trying to talk or have conversations and, you know, mingle mm-hmm. my brain, I'm just watching the music. I'm just I'm like, you know, so it's nice to have concert buddies that kind of have the same mindset. You just go in there and like, OK, we're both going to thoroughly enjoy this standing next to each other.
1: <laughs> and that's it. And as an <laughs> can artist, talk later. Are you like are you watching or uh, well, listening? I should say more than anything, listening and thinking are you, are you hearing everything going on like you're not just hearing a song? If that makes sense. Are you kind of breaking it down in your head?
3: Oh, yeah. Right? I think, Cause, yeah. Because you
1: have an ear for it and you're in it. Like, I'm not, I don't play any, I'm not I'm musically talented at all. Yeah. So, I wouldn't understand like I would some other things like you would with it. So, it's just interesting to me. If you sit there and listen to it, you're probably listening to a whole different sound than, say, I would be.
3: Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair statement. But I also think, you know, with this being what I do... It's also nice to watch other people, you know, even the visuals. You look and you're like, okay, well, you know, like, how am I consuming this? Like, well, obviously, like, auditory and visual. So how would I have done that? Would I have put that piano there? Would I have set the stage that way? Would I have these lights at this time? Was that confetti on point? You know, like, whatever it is you're doing, big or small, I just like to, like, research how other people present their passion.
1: Do you find yourself? It's funny you bring that up because I'll do that with like TV shows or radio shows, you know, working in the industry. And I'll be like, where's the producer? Why isn't he telling this person to do this or whatever? I do that with movies
3: all the time now. I'm like, oh, look at this shot. I'm like, no, Tara, get consumed.
1: Exactly. You're not
3: enjoying the movie now. You're just looking at the background.
1: So that's what I was going to ask. Can you, do you think it like kind of hinders your enjoyment of a show or no? Is it more of an art to you that you're just trying to figure out in your mind?
3: I think it's more of an art. And I think, Something else, So, I've made my, my New Year's resolution was to see one show a month. Because I think when you're a creator, when you're making music constantly, you forget to go get it. Like, you forget to go get it in your in your blood again. And you kind of forget, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I've got to play that night. Like, I'm not going to go see this show, you know. But every time I leave a concert, I'm always so happy I did that. I'm always like, oh, man, I needed that. Like, I... I think as an artist, you forget, you know, you're like giving, 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 but you forget that when you go to the concert, that artist is giving to you. Like you fill your cup back up and you forget that you can do that at concerts. Mm -hmm. Even in small venues, you know, there's so many great stages in Nashville that are itty bitty that you can just go and you're like, oh man, I didn't even know I needed that. And you Mm -hmm. just walk out of there going like, I feel different than I did walking in.
1: You have a very um, profound look to you where it's like you walk in and you have this Uh, bright hair and these tattoos and a lot of your outfits are very bright and colorful Yeah. and is that something that you have always done throughout your life like growing up as a teenager did you always have different how many hair color shades have you had do you think
3: (laughs) probably most of them (laughs) Um,
1: is that something that you dive into and you just really enjoy just bringing out your personality with it whether it's your tattoos or your outfits or your hair because i love it i mean you walk in and you just scream confidence. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, that's what I Got take from again. it. Gotcha again. Exactly. Okay, so maybe it's just a front then. <laughs>
3: no, I think with each passing year, I definitely settle more and more into it. Um, I think it's oh, who I've always been. I think as a teenager, you know, you're always, you don't really, I don't think majority of us know exactly who we are as teenagers. We have a vague outline, right? Yes. But um, yeah, no, the, the colors have always been part of me i i enjoy colors i don't have i like a nice solid black dress every once in a while but other than that i'm um whatever catches my eye that day is going on so and a lot of times i don't think they really make a whole lot of sense but my friends tell me i look cool so that's great (laughs)
1: well i think you look cool too (laughs) thanks Since you moved to Nashville and you started playing music right away, has this always been your source of income for you? Or have you had to have multiple jobs at some points? Like, What's that been like for you?
3: Um, There was about a year where I bartended, but um, that was mostly because I wanted to bartend. I'd never bartended before, and I just woke up and was like, I want to try bartending one day. So I did that for about a year. And, um, no, but other than that, I've always done music full time since I was 21.
1: Okay. Do you think that's pretty rare for you to, cause I talk to some people and they'll be like, yeah, I had to serve for a year, like had to serve or had to bartend or had to do another job during the day and then perform at night. So do you find yourself pretty lucky or you, or do you find other people as well who can come here and make a living just doing music from the get go?
3: I think it really depends on your personality. It depends on your personality and your work ethic and your Honestly, your ability to live at a lower income at moments in your life. Like if you have the ability to go like, okay, well, you know, my bank account is has $4 in it, but I know I'm going to work tonight and I know I'm working this weekend. And so I just have to make $4. I have to not freak out at having $4. If you can have the, the wherewithal to just like chill yourself out, you'll be fine. I've always, you know, my dad has a great saying of like, what did he always used to tell us when we were little? It was something along the lines of like, you may never have excess, but somehow you will always have enough. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a blind faith thing or if it's just like a, you know, you get what you put out, but I have always had enough. And and there's been moments of like, you know, holy, shit, that was a big paycheck. Um so I'd like more of those.
1: <laughs> Anybody's listening. Yeah.
3: Universe. If you're out there, <laughs> there you go. I'd like some more of those, please. <laughs> Speak it into
1: existence. Yes.
3: It I'm here. Show <laughs> me which door to walk through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you hit those low moments, whether it's monetarily or um, professionally, have you had a moment where you're like, I don't know if this is what I want to do anymore? No. You've never gotten there.
3: No. I've had moments of like, I may have moments of going like, man, what am I doing with my life? But. It always resolves to exactly what you're supposed to be doing and it's just not easy. So you're going to be uncomfortable. You are human. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have self-doubt. You're going to compare yourself at a time, you know, to those around you and wonder why you didn't get that call or, you know, oh my gosh, there's so much, you know, thinking someone's better than you are, but no one can do it like I can do it and I can't do it like they can do it. <laughs>
1: Do you play downtown a lot or no?
3: Um, I play down there when I'm in town, like Monday through Wednesday.
1: And then you're, you're traveling on the weekends? Traveling on the weekends, okay. yeah. Do you? Are you like on tour right now or are you...
3: I did a little tour last year. Um, as of right now, my next thing I think is in... Uh, I'm going to Oregon. I haven't done like a tour, like a drive-by-drive. Mine are more like flight dates, I guess you'd say.
1: Are you filling in kind of thing or is it like a band that you're with?
3: It's kind of about half and half. Okay. So half of them will be acoustic dates and half of them will be band dates.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. You got a pretty busy uh, year coming up or?
3: I hope so. Yeah. It's um. I've got a couple of dates. I'm supposed to be playing in, I think it's October. I'm going over to Switzerland to play a festival. It's called Badenfart. Um, So that'll be, I'm excited for that one. They have like a 10 day festival where the whole city shuts down. And um. I've been over there a couple of times, I think three or four times now. So shout out to Baden Switzerland. Hi guys. Um, Looking forward to that.
1: Do you pay for all this out of pocket?
3: Everything I've ever done is out of my own pocket.
1: What's that like for you? Trying to you're booking your own stuff. You're paying. You're you're your own everything, right? Correct. So what does that
3: entail? Is that
1: overwhelming for you?
3: There are moments where, especially last year, and I feel going into this year where I'm like, okay, I understand why this takes a team. Because sometimes I just kind of look around. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things I need to do right now. Um, but I think it's also, I'm I'm grateful for it now because I think when the time comes that I'm able to afford to have that team, I will be understanding of their situations. You know, it won't be so expected. It'll be more like, a, okay, it happens. That, yeah, that was weird. Let's, you know, segue this way or whatever we have to do. And it's allowed me to just learn the business, you know, like, what do they call it? Baptism by fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah.
1: That's an interesting perspective. So if anything goes wrong in the future and you have a team, you're like, well, I've been there. I understand. Here's how we can either fix it or or you can understand and not just yell at them. right?
3: And Within ways. reason. Or I have my feelings hurt or be frustrated. You know, it's like frustration can only get you so far and then it's like you just have to do something about it, you know? Right, right. So, um, but it's, so the last two years I've been in the studio making my, um, second album, and everything I have has been put into this album, financially, emotionally, musically, anything, sonically, whatever, you know, everything I have has gone into this album, and just within this past month, are they like cherry on top being sent to mix and master? And um, it's been such an enjoyable process, and you know, the creating part is always the fun part, is always the That's, you know, why I'm here. It's like why the soul's in this body doing what I'm doing. But now it's coming down to the business part where I'm going to have to present this to investor or, you know, shop myself around, whatever it is. And I have my ideas of how I want to do it. And um, but I'm looking now for those people to help me execute. And I am. I'm just really excited to see what happens.
1: Do you have a, a date set or a time frame set for the launch? I mean, obviously, we're promote it here. What's the album called? Yeah. What, what are you thinking? And the the mic is all yours. The floor is all yours. Oh well, thank you. <laughs>
3: um, I'm going to re- so I've got ten songs. I'm going to release them single for single to get my wear and tear out of it. But I've also told myself with this project because my first experience. Recording my first album. I was so like deadline deadline deadline, which I was only doing to myself. Nobody was doing this to me I was kind of like no, I want it by this time I want to do it here and and I've learned that listening back to those songs I'm like those things that bothered me even though I was like, oh, it's not a big deal I was like they still bother me till this day I listen to those songs and all I hear are the parts that bother me Mm. So I've told myself that I'm allowing myself to take as much time as this is where I know that it is exactly what I want and although it's more money and it's more time and it's time's not real. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> clocks are made up.
1: This is actually a time podcast. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to allow myself grace and like let my OCD just rest for a second. Anytime I'm like, I want it now. And the guy that I'm working with, my, he's one of my very good friends. His name's Jay Cott. He's, um, he plays bass for Randy Hauser. He's helped me produce this whole thing. And, um, He's always like, hey, remember, you've got time. Like, I know you want to do it. I know you want to I know we want to push this forward. He's like, but let's live with it. Give it a couple of days. Let your ears come in and out of it. And let's see how we attack it from here. Mm-hmm. And he's always right. I'm like, no, let's, you know, like, I think this is great. Let's move where he's like, just give it a couple of days. You know, you're like, and I'm so grateful for him. Talking me off the ledge all the
1: time. <laughs> it's, it's hard to be patient, though. It's like that old saying where if you go buy a car or a house or something, the first one you look at, it, you're like, oh, I love this. I want to get this. And you're like, well, no, let's look at a couple other ones first. Yeah, yeah. And if Deep you breaths. Still, if you still like that one, then we'll come back to that one, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that same mentality where you're like, you can't just jump on something. And then just get it out there, or buy it, purchase it, and then be like, "Well, I probably should have thought about this little a little bit harder. more." Yeah. And that previous album you're talking about is your self titled debut album, correct? It was, about yeah. Twenty nine years of le- learning. That's just how I ex- described it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was self-titled. it was
3: just self titled as Lynn Pister.
1: Okay. Um, and that's is that pretty much self explanatory. Twenty nine years of learning and it's yeah. just all the stuff you learned over the years, and a lot had... of,
3: yeah, a lot of fun and a lot of um. It was just, that was kind of a coming of age album, I think. Those mm-hmm. songs are, even when I play them now, I although a few of them have kind of evolved for me in my mind, but um, are like changed meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. Not what they once were.
1: I thought it was interesting because three songs are Hellraiser, Scars, and Home. All three, to me, were totally different than each other. Yeah. Like you had your, the Hellraiser is like this old, almost like a, or a blues old, like you're raising hell kind of girl. I'm a badass girl kind of thing. (laughs) And then the scars kind of had like that rock feel to it. And then home is like this homey feel to it. So I thought it was interesting and all three are great, by the way. So if you're listening to this, go stream that, go check it out now. And is that something that you aim for is to, is it a song that comes to you and whatever, however it comes out, you're not really aiming at a certain genre or a certain feel to it it's just like this is how i i listen to it this is how i hear it and it comes out yeah okay
3: yeah i've um i stand firmly on the ground of like a good song is a good song period and if i feel as though if i were to create music to fit in a certain genre i would be denying myself as i explained to you earlier i grew up around everything so I feel like if I try to, whether I go like, oh, this is just going to be a rock album or this is just going to be a country album or this is just going to be a roots album or, you know, however it would go. Um, and maybe I can talk to someone who knows more than I am that, or more than I do that can kind of help me, you know, round out the edges. But I just try to live by a good song is a good song. And if you can play it acoustic and it stands on its own, it's a good song. So whether it's country or it's rock, I'm going to put it out. Mm-hmm. You know, because somewhere down the line, someone's going to listen to it and go, "Like I needed that today." Thanks.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the versatility. Thank you. And I want to close out with this. I try to ask everybody this: What advice? Because moving to Nashville, chasing the dream, living a life that doesn't really there's not much security in it. Everyone knows it, but you kind of <laughs> yeah. you do it for the love of it, right? Yeah. So, what would, what advice would you give somebody listening to this? That's like, hey, you know, I have a job that I hate, and I really want to kind of try this, but I don't know if it's going to work out that are on the ropes or whatever it might be. Do you have any advice for advice for somebody that may be sitting there? Do it.
3: Just do it. And you don't have to know what it looks like and you don't have to know what it tastes like or feels like or what room you're in. But if you are sincerely doing something every day that is not feeding your soul or making you grow as a human being, Stop. Don't do that. Whether you have to live with your parents for another year or however you have to figure it out, find what makes you tick and go for it. Jump.
1: Do it. Take the leap. Yeah. I like it. Tara, thank you so much for coming on. Where can you find you on social media?
3: Everything. In my handle's at I am Fister. My last name, F-I-S-T-E-R.
1: Okay. Go check her out. Check out her music. That self-titled debut album, Hellraiser, Scars, and Home of Three Songs are Awesome. Check it out. Tara, is there anything else you'd like to say? Thanks for having me. Of course. Happy to be here. All right. Thank you.
0: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800 3334 Q for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tacked 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.